Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this very somber, very sad edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score, of the I'm Fat Podcast, of the Big 50 Blackhawks book that you better darn well buy if you haven't bought it already. (laughs) Jay, this is a sad day for Blackhawks fans, as the Blackhawks officially have announced that Kirby Doc has undergone surgery for a fractured right wrist and will likely miss the entire regular season. Jay, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad too. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, just real quick, you can follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram Madhouse underscore pod, Facebook, just search Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. And uh, what else? Email us madhousepod at gmail.com. So, yeah, you you read it. The, the release says, we expect Kirby to return to hockey-related activities in approximately four to five months, which is May, which is playoffs, which is probably not the Blackhawks. Yeah. So, boy, when we talked Saturday, we were feeling down and out about this thing, and that was looking at maybe eight weeks which would have been, what, what do we do the math, about 40% of the season? Yeah, it sounds about right. And now we're looking at what turns out to be the worst possible scenario, and Kirby Doc misses the whole year. And, look, maybe ultimately the Hawks stumble into being the worst team in the NHL. 
at this point because as we look at this roster, it's not competitive. It's not good. The ways you sort of convinced yourself that the Hawks were going to be okay was, you know, Kirby Doc becomes a star. Alex Nylander takes a step, right? And you you have all these ifs, ifs, ifs. You know, Pia Suter is another Dominic Kubalik. But without that number one piece, without Kirby Doc becoming a star, you don't have much. And, oh, yeah, Dylan Strom still isn't signed. So as of this moment, December 28th, 2020, at 8.12 p.m. Central Time, your number two center is Carl Soderberg. I feel like a contender right now. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want to. I don't want to just be. I don't want to be. I don't want this to be just a totally mopey podcast. But, but really, I think the only way to look at this is okay. Well, you know, they're going to be bad, and that's part of what a rebuild is. But maybe they're going to be way, way worse than we ever imagined. Uh, you know, when we started talking about, okay, well, the season's going to start and all these guys will be here. And yeah, they're not going to be great, but at least there'll be some reasons to watch, some reasons for optimism. And there's still a few of those. I'm excited to watch Boquist and Ian Mitchell and, and we'll see if Alex DeBrinkett bounces back and all those sort of things. But right now, the feeling is it's going to be the Hawks and Red Wings sort of competing for that final you know, place in the standings and maybe the number one overall pick. And in the NHL with a draft lottery, even if you are the worst team in hockey, you're not guaranteed the number one overall pick. So it's, I don't know, it's it's tough. Today is a really tough day for Hawks fans. And regardless of how you feel about Kirby Doc being allowed to play in the uh, World Junior Championships, um, I know it sucks for everybody. I, we talked about it Saturday. It's got to suck really bad for Kirby Doc. But, man, the Hawks are – I just can't imagine the way everyone's feeling. The coaching staff, the the GM, the teammates, it's about the worst news they could have received. I mean, let me ask you this. Just hypothetically, would you rather hear Patrick Kane's out for the year or Kirby Dak's out for the year? I mean, at this point, wouldn't you rather hear Patrick Kane's out for the year? I mean, at least then – you know, we know Patrick Kane's going to – he's had a history of coming back from serious injuries and being really good, right? Like, the, there's no developmental impact to Patrick Kane missing a year. Like, yeah, he right. loses a year of, you know, time, and, you know, he's not getting any younger, yada, yada. His game is held up, though, as he's gotten older, so I'm not as worried about that. But losing a year of development right now for Kirby Doc is just such a kick in the pants. Like, it just is – it's the thing that we feared most when they announced that he was going to participate in the world junior would be something like this would happen. And the odds of it happening were relatively low. Like I thought, of course, but you know, it's 2020. So of course, everything bad that could possibly happen is going to happen. So I guess on some level we should have known this was going to occur, but all I can think of is that, yes, I do think that it's entirely possible. And I would even say probably more, greater chance than 50% that he's going to come back and he's still going to be effective and he's still going to be a really strong hockey player and have really good development. But losing this year of development, this 56 game sprint where you have these kind of bunch schedule, these games that are kind of scheduled back to back and you get a little bit more familiar with a bigger variety of opponents and all of those things, all those little small things, we're all going to be really good for Kirby Doc to be able to do this season. And he's losing out on all of that now. So obviously, to answer your question, I would have <laughs> and it sounds so insane to say this. But with our expectations for what the Blackhawks are going to be, which is at 
best. We had thought that they maybe compete for like four, five in their division, like nothing beyond that, not, not even close to that. Now we're just hoping that they're not as bad as the Detroit Red Wings. And that is, it's a really sad way to go into a season when we're so excited to actually get hockey back. And then for this to happen, and it just stinks. Yeah. And the whole thing of coming off of the playoffs that Kirby Doc had and the the excitement of, okay, this kid's going to come off the World Junior Championships. That will be his preseason. So he's going to come in in game shape, you know, ready to go. And he'll hit the ground running. It was bad enough when it was eight weeks or six weeks or four weeks. But, man, the whole year, you have to wonder how badly does that stunt everything he's worked for, you know, from the stoppage in March until everything started up again in the fall. From then, that the jump he made there, how badly does this stunt that jump? And that's that sucks. And, you know, one of the things that, after they drafted Kirby Doc and I had the chance to spend a few minutes with him uh, for the podcast, I was very impressed by his maturity. And that was one of the things that stood out to me is, okay, I could see why the Hawks, you know, met with him and were immediately impressed with him. And that was their guy, right? Because of his maturity. And he reminded me a lot of Jonathan Taves at that age. Hopefully that equips him better to deal with the mental burden of an injury this severe, of the disappointment of not only missing the world junior championships, but now his entire sophomore season, um, boy, it's just really hard to find any sort of silver lining in this. And the only thing I can find is maybe just, maybe they find themselves with a better draft spot and maybe they find number one, number two overall. And it sort of advances their, you know, next level of greatness. But I, I hate that as a fan of hockey, which I am. I know you and I are analysts and we got to be objective, but at the same time, you and I are both fans too. And I hate that from a fan. I hate the tank idea. I know that maybe it's a better thing. Ultimately, maybe it's a smarter thing to do, but oh, this just sucks. And it's really, really tough. And uh, I really, I'm struggling to see what the Hawks are going to do to fill out this roster. Cause I'm sitting here trying to crank out these lines. Right. And we talked about it Saturday you know, Taves, Debrinkit, Kane is your top line, or those are your three best forwards. Then you've got some mixture of Shaw and Kubalik. And then is Pia Suter in the picture? He's not listed on the Hawks roster on their website, even though, you know, Evan Barron and Mackenzie Entwistle and some other guys like that are listed. For whatever reason, Pia Suter isn't listed there. Um, but Yanmark, Walmark, uh, I, I mean, you almost have to assume Brandon Peary's going to be part of things now. And that doesn't really help your development, but how many, you know, Matthew Highmore, um, you know, Brandon Hagel type players can you have out there? How many bottom six forwards can you skate at a single time? And that's, oh, that's we're how gonna it's going to find look. out, yeah, buddy. We're definitely going to find out. Oh, man. I just, and, and the Soderberg thing, which we discussed on Saturday, I mean, at least you're getting a guy who's NHL caliber who is a, you know, a, a top nine forward, a proven top nine forward. So he's going to help a little bit, but I don't know. It's just, it's a really tough pill to swallow and it is nightmare. It's nightmare stuff, man. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I, I know I, I just feel for everybody involved and I feel for us because it's bad for business when the Hawks are bad, <laughs> to be honest, like, uh, man, I mean, the, the few things we had to look forward to this year, the biggest one was doc and it's gone. Do you want to talk about the forward lines? I kind of want to get into that a little bit. Yes, please. 
do we do we want to tell people about something good before we do this? Yes, let's do that. I, yeah, I, um, <laughs> let's get a palate cleanser going here. Yeah, so we're this is a short podcast, so we're just going to mention our sponsors real quick. We've got our merchandise shop, uh, MadhousePodMerch.com, powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Call Triple Threat seven zero eight four seven eight six zero nine zero or send an email to Chris at TripleThreatSports.com, uh, and of course Doctor Squatch. Get yourself some thick bricks of soap. Get yourself some shampoo, some conditioner, some deodorant, some toothpaste. Use that promo code MADHOUSE20 at checkout to save on your order and help the podcast at the same time. And later on, we'll let you know about uh, Fry the Coop and Marishka's. But, James, let me know what you have uh, on your lines, and I'll see kind of where I stand with those things, too. And I've been plugging Dylan Strom in all the time here, just with the assumption it's going to get done. Yeah. But here we are. Just over, you know, two weeks away from the puck dropping, and you're seeing guys sign all over the all over the league. And you saw Mike Hoffman, by the way, from Florida, signed a PTO with the Blues. Boy, that's some salary cap chicanery. Mm-hmm. And I know that's rich coming from a Blackhawks fan, yeah. but <laughs> between that and what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done with their roster, yeah. can we just say that it's pretty dang easy to circumvent the salary cap, apparently? Like, if there's one thing we've learned... It's that unless the NHL is looking to really make some type of like a public statement, it's pretty easy to get around the cap. And they're never, ever going to do that now. Right. Like in a coronavirus year and they're not going to crack down hard on cap circumvention. It's just it's just a bad look. What our listeners, uh, in case you did not see what had happened with the Blues, Mike Hoffman did sign that PTO. Basically, the whole idea of it is that he's not going to be added to their roster until the Blues can add a couple of guys to long-term injured reserve. I think Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be one of them. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit of cap gamesmanship before the season starts. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, in a beautiful bit of salary cap, you know, chicanery, whatever you want to call it, the Lightning – have somehow managed now to get below the salary cap because they have on their long-term injured reserve Anders Nilsson, Marion Gabrick, who apparently is still in the NHL. So they took on a couple of expiring contracts from the Ottawa Senators and sent a couple of players up to the Great White North. And then they also have Nikita Kucherov on long-term injured reserve. So $17 million in LTIR usage for the the Tampa Bay Lightning, including those contracts, their projected cap hit for this season, $97.3 million. Wow. Yeah, so the two guys sent to Ottawa, uh, Cedric Paquette was making 1.6 this year, and uh, Braden Coburn was making 1.7. So that's the money that the Lightning were able to clear off their cap. Uh, and, yes, they took back a lot in theory, but not actually on the ice. So, yep, there's a whole bunch of that stuff going on. And, uh, look, we can't, as Hawks fans, we can't. You know. Exactly what I was saying. We have firsthand experience with this. We've seen Marion Hosa and all of the stuff that happened with that. And that's not to say, obviously, that Hosa's condition isn't real, yada, yada. But we've seen it. We 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 know firsthand what ends up happening with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, oh, our boy. lines. We should probably do that. Yeah. All right. Go. I'll let you go first. My top line, centered by Jonathan Tabes. Big big surprise there. Has a right wing Patrick Kane, left wing Dominic Kubalik. Yep. Mine looks the same. Second line, and this is where wishful thinking is going to start coming into effect, I think. 
Dylan Strom, not wishful thinking, still think they get the deal done with him. I think they will, a- too. Alex Debrinkit on one wing, Pius Suter on the other. Boy, that's that's a big jump for a guy we've never seen play. What, but, a, what other options do they have for top six? I figure go with the young guy that you're high on. Why I not? I mean, unless you're going to put Andrew Shaw there just because he's a known commodity, assuming he's playing. Like I was going to say, we've actually heard some reports that – Andrew Shaw could potentially be full go for training camp. So that would actually be kind of a nice thing for the Blackhawks to add at this point. I can't believe I'm saying that about Andrew Shaw. But, I mean, aside from obviously the great news of seeing him potentially healthy, which I'm sure we would all be really excited to see, his versatility is really going to help with Doc and Nylander out of the mix. And with not without real good top six forward assets Mm -hmm. it's really important to have a guy like Andrew Shaw potentially healthy yep all right what do you got for your third line Andrew the aforementioned Andrew Shaw Mm -hmm. on a line that will be centered by Carl Soderberg how about Matthias Yanmark on your on your third line wing sure I have the same thing and then I have for my fourth line I've got another mark Lucas Wallmark centering up Matthew Highmore and for some reason, I've kind of adopted him as this guy that I'm just going to have irrational hope that he's going to step up and do something great, David Camp. <sighs> I just, I don't know what Camp is. I, I, get, I don't know where the, where's the jump coming from with him? I'm in the same boat as you are with him, by the way. Yeah, it's just... I, I concede it's irrational. I completely concede it, but... Heading into his last season before he hits free agency and un, you know RFA, I'm intrigued. I want to see what he can do. I would rather see him in that position than Brandon Peary. I'd rather see him in that position than Brandon Hagel. I don't think Philip Kirishev is going to make the active roster for opening night. The guys I could see crashing that party would obviously be Kirishev potentially, but then Brandon Peary and, Matt, and Ryan Carpenter are also in the mix, but... I don't know. I still want to see a little bit more of David Camp. We saw flashes in the bubble, I think. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. And it should be noted, by the way, Soderberg last year uh, was a center but was moved to wing because he was struggling on face-offs, but he did have a wrist injury he was dealing with, so he might be able to participate as a center. But Yanmark has played center, too, so you can those two are sort of interchangeable, I would say. Um, boy, and then you got that just that big blob on your fourth line. Uh, I'm sort of reconfiguring mine here as we're speaking. So here's what I'm going to see, but there's no way Kampf doesn't play. There's no way he's scratched. Here's what I got. And tell me what you think. Because uh, I just redid mine, even though I said I agreed with you. Um, I'm going to put Shaw with Taves and Kubalik. I'm going to assume Strom signs. I'm going to put him with Debrinkit and Kane. Then I've got Yanmark, Suter, and, and uh, Soderberg. Then I've got Walmart, Highmore, and Carpenter, but then Camp is on the outside, mm-hmm. and they for whatever reason David Camp seems to get the benefit of the doubt all the time. It almost feels like ship one of these guys. Like, can't you move Ryan Carpenter? Can't you? I mean, it makes a million bucks. He's a good penalty killer. He's a nice player, but again, we use this word on Saturday: redundant. It just seems very, very redundant to me. So I don't know, man. We're gonna see where this is gonna go. I just. I don't know. I don't know, James. It just is. It's just really hard to make sense of 
how this team's going to look. And there's really no one to blame unless you want to blame Bowman for letting Doc play. But again, it's tough to look, you know, look at that when I was in support of it a month ago to be against it now because he got hurt. It's a risk you take. It's a risk that was probably good for the player and for the team had he not gotten hurt. But now the worst case scenario has occurred and we're in hockey hell. <sighs> we certainly are in hockey hell. And I mean, just looking at all of the options that you have on this bottom six, there's just not, there aren't a ton of great options, honestly. Like there's nobody that you're going to pencil in with perhaps the exception of Soderberg. I would say that, you know, I'm comfortable with him being a bottom six center. There aren't a lot of guys that you're just going to pencil in and you're going to feel great about from day one. Like it's just, it's such a, it's going to be such a hodgepodge, and I think that'll probably enable the Blackhawks to be a little bit more flexible, and it'll give them the opportunity to shuttle some guys in and out, especially with the six-man taxi squad from, you know, the Brockford, which isn't going to be fielding a roster right away. I think that that at least is going to give Jeremy Colladin and Stan Bowman some flexibility on who they bring in and out of the roster on the lineup on a given night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have to feel good about it, man, like – a lot of these guys, I'm not going to call them retreads, but I'm also going to say that we pretty much know what a guy like Lucas Walmark is going to do. We know what Matthias Janmark is going to do. I, I think to a lesser extent, we probably know what David Camp is going to do. But again, I'm just I'm holding on to hope here. But get get some of those younger guys in here. It'd be nice to see a couple of them make the roster and to get shuttled in and out. And then God forbid you have any injuries happen to your top six besides what's already happened because you lose a guy like Kubelik or Dabrinkit's injury. This is going to quickly go from, oh man, that's sad to, oh God, where's the whiskey? <laughs> I feel that way already. But yeah, you're right. It's just, you've got this this long list of guys, and just based on my lines, you've got Camp, Hagel, Peary, Quenville uh, as veteran options that are not in the lineup. I don't know. I it, I don't know if Suter is going to even start the year on the team. It's probably going to be because I've got David Camp scratch. We're not going to scratch David Camp and and over Pia Suter. It's just that that's the other thing about this lack of preseason where you don't get to see how guys look until the game is actually the puck has actually dropped and the season's actually begun when do you get to evaluate that's the hard thing that's what's tough for me so i don't know man we're it's just it's a tough day uh, in chicago sports uh for a lot of teams i know Sox fans are irritated watching the padres go out and make all these moves while the Sox are not doing much the cubs traded you darvish um Jack Rosenberg, if you're a uh, media guy in Chicago, passed away. He was a uh, um, an icon at WGN and with the Cubs. And now you've got Kirby Doc out for the year. It's just, ugh. Whew. It's, <laughs> it's, it is tough, man. It is tough. And here's what the, uh, as of this moment, the U Darvish trade, uh, Zach Davies, 17-year-old shortstop, Reginald Preciado. He's the Padres' number 11 prospect. An 18-year-old outfielder, Owen Casey, number 13 with the Padres, are going to the Cubs in the U Darvish deal. That's from Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union Tribune. So, so what do those guys have in common? Teenagers. Well, Except not for Davies. Davies, obviously. But yeah. every guy that's been connected in this trade in the last couple of minutes, I've also seen Ishmael Mina. Mina, Mina that also seen his name floated about. 
none of those guys have had any at-bats above rookie ball. So any assumption that this was going to be some kind of slow burn or kind of quick turnaround retool by the Cubs, those types of players are freaking lottery tickets, and they are you're contending in 2023. None of those guys are going to see the roster except Zach Davies until 2023. Fun. fun no. Fun stuff. <laughs> We're having fun. I'm really, I'm Why does really Chicago sports have to suck? Should we just become White Sox how about, fans? Hey, how about them Bears? <laughs> oh, my God. So when Mitchell Trubisky signs a contract on December 30th, is that going to be like the perfect cap to 2020 or what? I'm in. I want another contract for Mitch. I'm the last guy. I'm his last I wouldn't fan. be mad if they signed him to a one-year deal as kind of a bridge to whoever they draft next year. But if it's anything beyond that, I'm going to be kind of upset. Not going to be a big fan of that. All right. Well, we're upset enough. So before we wrap up, some good stuff. Fry the Coop, it's coming to you soon. You've got one in Prospect Heights, West Town, Oak Lawn. They're all over the place. New one coming in Tinley Park in a couple months. Go get some of the best Nashville hot chicken you've ever had. Frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. And, of course, our day one sponsor, Marishka's and Crest Hill. They're at 604 Theodore Street. Family owned and operated since 1933. Go try the poor boy, the Yodel Burger, the twice baked potato, the onion rings. Everything there is phenomenal. You'll go back again and again. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go to marishkas.com or visit facebook.com slash marishkas. All right, we've got some good news to share. You don't know this, James. Next week, as part of our new division previews, we're going to talk to... White Sox broadcaster Len Casper. He Boom. will be our Detroit Red Wings correspondent. He is a lifelong Red Wings fan. Uh, him and I talk hockey all the time. It is truly, I think hockey might be his favorite sport. Um, so he is a perfect guest for it, and it's a big name for us. So thanks to Len for jumping out. We're going to work that schedule out, and we're working through getting uh, all those teams in the NHL Central, Carolina, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, nashville and tampa i've got uh carolina wrapped up so we're going to get to that this week uh so yeah full previews coming the season's still going to happen with or without kirby doc and with or without kirby doc we will be here for you so thank you for being here for us for my partner james Navo, my name is jay zawoski this has been the madhouse chicago hockey podcast the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. Hardee's invites you to try the new fiery famous star, sizzling charbroiled burger bliss, dripping with creamy zesty fiery sauce. Join us for the new fiery famous star, only at Hardee's. Feed your happy. Available for a limited time at participating Hardee's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team.